0: Hi, my name is Tara Kachaturoff and I'm the host of Michigan Entrepreneur, where we feature businesses from startup to stellar. Today I have as my special guest, Karen Risco, owner and tour guide of City Tour Detroit. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Tara. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me as a guest. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today because you have a really unique business and it's focused on the city of Detroit. But before we jump into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: I am a former teacher. So people do ask that often on the tours, a former history teacher. Um, And I've been in other fields, sales as well. I am technically, I guess, retired. So it's great to be doing this, having this tour business as perhaps my final chapter.
0: All right. Well, um, why don't you share with us the journey of starting City Tour Detroit? How did this business begin?
1: I guess you could say the idea was planted decades ago when I graduated from college. I had taken a Michigan history Uh, Class with a focus on Detroit. And I just love Detroit's history. And so just continued to learn about the city. And, you know, back then I thought, how come we don't have tour companies like other cities or why can't we take tours? Little did I know there were a couple uh, at the time, but it wasn't really an entrepreneurial time like it is today. So, you know, I pursued other fields. And then uh, about a decade ago, I started doing tours on a small scale then in 2016, my phone was busy, you know, tourism really picked up. And I decided, you know, it's now or never if I want to do this. And, you know, I created City Tour Detroit, hired a few other guides
0: and uh, the business was born. So how did you go about even, um, I know you had the idea, but uh, did you put together a business plan? Did you, did you just wing it? I mean, how did you do it? Was it really formalized or did you just go out there and say, I'm just doing this, let's just get started?
1: You know, Tara, it was winging it.
0: (laughs) I'm not really a formal,
1: you know, I have the ideas, but like many people trying to put it down into writing and that said, no, I did not formalize a business plan, which I don't necessarily uh, recommend just winging it, Um, (laughs) probably a business plan. And Best. You know, most of all, where are you going to get your customers? I mean, you can create the best itineraries and things like that. But if you don't have the people to come, and initially, it was a little bit of a fumble. You know, I mean, it took me much longer than maybe perhaps if I would have networked properly and things like that. But you know, sometimes entrepreneurs get these ideas, and you just want to go with it.
0: Yeah, that that that's so true. So true. So, how did you uh, how did you get those first customers? Because without customers, you don't have a business. How'd you get them? You
1: know, when I think back, my very first tour was actually a civil war civil war landmark. So it was between Detroit and um, Monroe. And you know, this was um, I want to say like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I probably was not all that savvy with you know, the internet and that. So it was just contacting, I guess, perhaps meetup was big back then. Um, It was just contacting a few people that I knew via mailing them out flyers. And that's how I got the first tour. Um, And then after that, it was a little bit difficult. It was probably word of mouth. But, you know, it was not as, um, I guess, sustainable as my business is today.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Now, now you have all these other resources you can use to get the word out, which is great, but um, I really commend you for just going out there and like taking the idea and just doing it and you contacted you had these warm contacts and you, you know, people you knew and just pulled them together and got it started and that's what it takes it's reaching out, so that's fantastic. So can you tell us about um, some of the most fascinating aspects of Detroit's history that you like to highlight on tours? And then we'll break down how you do the tours and all that sort of detail in in a minute.
1: So um, there are several spots. So I now have other tour guides who Mm -hmm. mainly do the tours, especially because I have some health issues, so I just don't have the stamina. But when I go out on tours, course, I love to highlight that it was uh, Dr. King who first gave his I Have a Dream speech here in Detroit in June of 1963, two months before Washington, D.C. I love to tell the story of Joe Lewis, you know, by mm-hmm. the fist and, you know, his rise and how he was raised to, um, you know, the, the uh representing democracy during World War II. So those kinds of stories. And of course, you know, Motown Museum, I consider that one of the most um, important historic places. So I try to get people in the mood by singing before we, you know, approach uh, when we're on a bus, before we approach the museum and get people up on the steps to sing along, just because the story of Motown is so significant to Detroit. So those are a few. I mean, there's, a million stories, our riverfront, you know, new developments that are happening, taking people by the train station and talking about how it was, you know, shown worldwide as a symbol of Detroit's decay. And now people just can't wait for it to reopen. So
0: lots of exciting things. Yeah, yeah. So um, how do you, uh, you know, you have different tourist plan but how do you, you uh... I know you you talked about the Motown thing and having people sing on the bus before getting there, which is a great idea. I love that. Um, but how do you ensure that each, uh, each tour is unique and memorable for your guests? Like, what are you doing uh, to continually like up the experience for your clientele?
1: So... Uh, we try to include photo ops, and you know, I try to encourage guides when we do the photo ops. You know, you can take your standard pictures, but try to make it a little more memorable too. For example, the giant tiger, you know, we will get a group there and take their photos. And a couple minutes later, I'm getting that having them act silly, you know, put up your left paw and roar, <laughs> and you know, they have fun or by the fist, you know, they're all doing the fist bumps. And so uh, I like to incorporate you know uh you know fun aspects in it but we also try sometimes it's a little more difficult when it is a bus tour for individual but um, we try to find out where people are from and then incorporate you know if there's any aspects of along the way on the tour that relates to where they might be from we do and you know try to do that as well
0: oh that's a great idea so, like, if they're from another country or something, there's probably some connection to Detroit because it's just a, it's a global, it's like an international city in many aspects because of you know what create was created here, all the entrepreneurialism in the car industry and all that, and hockey, of course. But um, you know, that that's such a great idea. I love that. So um, yeah, I mean, that makes them feel really welcome too. you know, to have that aspect, maybe relating and tying back to their own culture and country. So yeah, that's very interesting. So um, I know that you're the author of A History Lover's Guide to Detroit, uh, written a few years back. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and um, tell us how, you know, you went about, you know, doing the research and writing of this book? So I do get have. <laughs> how was that? All right. <laughs> yeah, have, yeah. I do have Thank the you. book
1: with me. So you know, it was it was difficult for me. I'll have to say because just like the business plan, you know, I have all this uh, knowledge or whatever in my mind, but to actually get it on paper and try to fit it in uh, with a publisher's deadline and fit it in while I'm getting requests for you know, private tours, like January, February, March should be a great time to work on a book, but that's when you're getting requests from tour operators for tours that are going to take place in June, July, August, September. So there is not as much downtime as you would like for projects. Mm -hmm. So most of the, um, you know, information I I knew it was just deciding, you know, what to put in. Um, And then a lot of things we're not always able to cover on our tours. So there's other significant events. Uh, But the book is uh, written like as a tour guide format so it you know starts downtown how people could navigate the downtown area you know they could go to midtown they could go to new center you know we even go out to say like highland park or where the packard plant was Uh, in it as well. So I think it's a great resource for people who are visiting the city or want to revisit it after not, you know, coming downtown or coming to Detroit for a long time. So it just helps you, you know, you're looking at a building or you're looking at a specific place, and then you can learn
0: a little bit about it. Um, So Karen, how far, how many years were you into your tour business before you decided to write the book? Uh, I came out in
1: 2018. So, you know, I had the idea for a while, but I would say maybe 2016 is when I thought, oh, I need to have this, you know, these ideas put down.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's something it fits so well with your business. and. You can combine it as part of a package, or they could, like you said, they could buy it afterwards or before, you know, and even read it before they go on a tour with you. I think that's a a a great idea. And if you didn't have the book already written, I would say you need to write a book. So you already got that done. Check it off the list. (laughs) I
1: do need to update it because you know Detroit is unique in that you know usually when you're talking about history, it's um, you know much the same, but so much has changed in the city in the last uh, 10 years that, you know, like I have an old picture of Michigan Central Station, which is kind of cool, but you'd like to see the newer picture in there as well. So I'm hoping that I can update it this year.
0: So were there also a lot of pictures in your book as well? There are pictures, correct. Yes, photos, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I know that takes a while to get all situated, um, you know, with the publisher too. I mean, that's a lot of work just to get the pictures and the permissions (laughs) all of that. Um, so what role, um, you know, tours I've been on, you know, over the years, you know, storytelling is such a big part of it. Um, how is, how does storytelling play into the tours that you offer and and how did you, um, how did you gain the skills in storytelling? Because I know that's a big piece of like any kind of tour because that's what keeps people captivated. Can you speak about that? So
1: I agree. Storytelling is a huge part, but it is hard within like our tours are already kind of long. Our see the D walking tours say three hours and there's Mm -hmm. so much to tell a story for everything. So I like to tell my tour guides to pick, several things that you're most passionate about, um, and those are gonna be where you really tell them in uh, a story format you know, um, so for example, you know, and everybody's passion is different. I found, you know, I've got some guides that are very passionate about automotive, some that are, you know, more the new developments or the art scene. Of course, mine uh, is what I had mentioned earlier about Dr. King. So I set the um, story, you know, a hot, hot June, you know, afternoon, there was a freedom march in town. So I try to tell that in story format, I try to tell the story of Joe, Joe, Lewis, you know, Motown, those in story formats. And then, um, you know, I, of course, I want to engage people, but some of the other things that I point out might be a more, a sh- much shorter story.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that, you know, each person that is a guide is picking out what they're passionate about, because that's what will really come through and shine through for um, them and the people that they're, you know, leading on that particular tour. And speaking of particular tours, do you have them um, grouped by like genre? Do you have different types of tours? And if so, what are those different types of tours that you're offering in terms of like, I'm talking about like specialty areas? So we
1: do offer several different tours. I do not have all of them on my website. Or when people contact me about private tours, mm-hmm. uh, mainly though we focus on our see the D tours, like mm-hmm. general sightseeing tours, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know it's hard to get people who are trained in all the other tours. I know them all, but I, as I mentioned earlier, I had health issues over the past two years, so it was hard for me to even. Uh, do the tours. But um, our See the D, we do it on a walking tour or if somebody wants us to hop on their bus or we'll charter a bus and then we take them around and give them a general overview. Uh, And, uh, you know, we go deep into many areas um, on that particular tour. But we have done, and um, we will reprise it this year, um, our incredible Journey to Midnight. It's the story of Detroit's role on the Underground Railroad. In the past, we have had actors who tell the story. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be doing that again. We just may have a narrator guide on that particular one. And then one of our most popular genres in which I've had to put on hold for the past couple years is our notorious 313 true crime tours. I like to say history (laughs) isn't (laughs) Oh my goodness. And uh, we go through the past and talk about old crimes and that, and people seem to enjoy that very much. So You know, I'm working on getting um, some guides trained in those areas. You know, you go to New Orleans, you go to Savannah, um, you know, all over the country. Those are popular tours. So I did not know that.
0: I did not know that. I know like true crime podcasts are popular, but I didn't even know they had tours. Wow. Right. Interesting. So you had mentioned in our in our pre-talk something about ghosts. Do you have a ghost tour? (laughs) You know what? We have, you know, it used to be true
1: crime and ghosts and oh, um, combined yeah. <laughs> for more and fun. Then, uh, a couple years ago, um during the pandemic, actually, during 2020, we had this little window. Um, I had hooked up with this uh gentleman who owns the sixth former historic sixth precinct in Detroit. And so I did all kinds of research on the stories. Then we brought in paranormal groups because it is allegedly haunted. And um, you know what? Lots of people came on. They said hauntings for some reason. I don't, ghosts don't ever, they might not like me. (laughs) I don't know. I've never had the experiences, but you know, even my friends had the experiences at the sixth precinct. So you know what? You have to do stuff that you believe in. And I'm not sure that I shouldn't say this, but I'm not sure that I believe in ghosts. So I kind of, you know, I tell people on our true crime tours that I take you to the places where tragedy occurred. And, you know, if ghosts don't necessarily come on command, but they may come. (laughs) So I leave it open to
0: interpretation. Yikes yeah i'm not a big fan of ghosts um interesting so uh let's talk about the kinds of people who sign up for your tours um what's the mix of folks are you getting people do you get a lot of people that are michiganders already um are you getting like out of state folks um globe people from across the pond you know what's the mix of people that are coming on your tours what do you what have you seen you know it's
1: Everyone. We get a mix. You know, we get locals. A lot of times people want to rediscover their city um, or they've just moved here or it's people who've been here for a long time and they've got uh, friends and family who are visiting. We get people from outstate Michigan. We get them from throughout the world, throughout the country and then throughout the world especially with Detroit being, um, as you mentioned, this international city, you know, with all the industries. So sometimes people will come in like corporate groups or corporations will hire us because they've got a group in, um, you know, their team is coming to Detroit for some meeting or whatever, and they want to show off the city a bit, or they have interns coming from throughout the country. So it really is a variety. And I've noticed the international aspect more in our retail store, which we recently opened. I decided that my New Year's goal is that I need to learn a few phrases in German, in uh, French, Mm -hmm. and in Spanish. There are other countries, but I can only limit myself right away to, you know, three of them. But I would like to at least some greetings, you know, Mm -hmm. for people because we do have a lot of people. And even if, you know, they're coming from Canada, but that they're initially a lot of times from another country as well. So the international flair that is going or flavor that's in the city is quite dominant.
0: I love this idea of having, you know, companies bring in like their teams that are visiting or like their interns that are starting and have them go on a tour like this. I think what a wonderful way to get acclimated to the city and to understand some of the history. I think that's like a really good idea. That's a great angle uh, right. for companies and even a, just a company outing, you know, to do something different. You know, in the summer, you know, when it's you know warm, not like it is right now. Um, <laughs> So what are some of the challenges that you have faced uh, running a tour company? What have you had to deal with over the years? You know, marketing
1: marketing is one of, you know, the biggest things, especially Mm -hmm. when you're a small company and you don't, you know, you're winging it and you don't have a budget, you know? So it's like, (laughs) all right, what am I supposed to be spending my money on? So a lot of times you think, okay, well, I'm going to have to do it well, that can uh, be a hindrance as well because you really can't do it all. So, um, you know, that is is a tip that you need to get help in other areas early on. And then, you know, the, um, I guess technology is another thing um, that can, you know, be something, uh, you know, problematic is, you know, I don't, I initially I did create my own websites and it's nice because you can update them and that, but Then to create a nice looking website, I really don't have the knowledge and I don't want to spend the time to learn about it. So that's what I um, spend money on. And I guess the biggest hindrance for me um, has been health issues. And right after the pandemic, I was all excited for 2021 and I was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. So I was ready to close up then. And um, luckily... My guide stepped in and said, We'll do what we can. So, you know, and then it came back again in 2023. Um, so, oh, I'm dealing with uh, metastatic breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So, that can be problematic because sometimes you're just tired. You can do a little bit, you know, and then your energy is, uh, you know, sapped. So, it's hard to um, grow. So I, I would say that is one thing it's, you know, I've been maintaining the last two years and in 2024, I hope that we grow and we soar.
0: I hope the same too for you. Um, I know you've been dealing with these challenges and we want to be there for you and stand behind you and getting better and making 2024 a great year for you, Karen. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad you have a team that's so supportive and is there for you in keeping this business running and going.
1: Yes. And there's still, you know, my team has changed a little bit since 2021, but they're still all very, you know, dedicated. Well, actually, Paula's still here, but they're they're all dedicated and helping me out. And that is, in one way, that might be a blessing because you do want your business to be able to run independent of you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question, um, how do you go about finding the tour guides that you've hired? How did you identify these people?
1: So in 2016, when I decided I was going to
0: just go for
1: it, um, I don't know, maybe it was Craigslist or something that I advertised on. And, you know, I we held a meeting and probably six people came to the meeting and I ended up two of them you know, worked for me for several years and were fantastic guides. And it was great because they were just uh, very interested in Detroit. So they were constantly, you know, looking up places and very interested in dining out and that. So they were trying all the new places, which, you know, it's great to have a knowledge of Detroit's history, but you need to know what's going on now, too, so you can make recommendations. So they were with me for a long time. And just every once in a while, we would add a few more people. Uh, last year, I actually got more official and put a template or a, a questionnaire I, on my website so that people can go to citytourdetroit.com and under about us is a join us section. And it's kind of a lengthy questionnaire, but I figure it, you know, it weeds out who's serious and who isn't. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's where we've got some other good guides and sometimes just word of mouth you know people last year we got an excellent job an excellent guide he just knew one of my guides from another um tour that they had done for one of the cruise ships and he was excellent uh, but he was only here for the summer so you know we're just we're always looking for guides to uh you know put it out there just because people can sometimes it's you know, they can only work for a short time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the co- prior comment you made got me thinking you could have a tour called Breakfast, Lunch and Dinner, Detroit, <laughs> because it would be kind of fun to have a breakfast, do some touring around the city, lunch and then some more touring and then an early dinner or supper. That could be another tour you could add for this coming year. <laughs> I love that idea, you know, and then you get to showcase, you know, different yeah.
1: um restaurants and maybe go in a shop or two. Yeah. Um, that's a, a great idea. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you can
0: for- do a whole shopping tour too. That could be another thing is hit a bunch of little boutique stores. Um, question for you. Um, you had mentioned retail store. Can you tell us a little bit about that that you have right now, just real quick?
1: Yeah. So right behind me, yeah. <laughs> Let me, yeah, this is the Guardian Building, beautiful
0: Guardian Building.
1: And last, uh, a year ago, December, I was became aware that the space was available. I didn't even inquire about it because I never thought it was, I don't know, a viable option. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been looking around for years. And then all of a sudden, right in Detroit's most visited building was this space, And it was small because, you know, I didn't need a huge space, but I've always wanted to have a souvenir component as part of my tours. Oh, okay. Especially for a lot of the group tours, you know, they're Mm -hmm. coming in. You know, a tour operator books a tour of the state of Michigan and they're coming through Detroit and it's a short time that they're here. They really don't have time to go around and shop. So they're coming into the Guardian Building and they can come in my shop and grab a souvenir. So it's always been an idea um, that I've wanted to do. And so uh, in May of 2023, we opened up the last week in May and... um, and it's been a great journey. I'd have to say, um, August, which is usually a bad month in retail was tied with December, uh, for sales. And it's because, uh, I realized all the foreign tourists from Europe, they have the month off in August oh. and they're all traveling. So just
0: interesting things that you learn. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, I love how you, you know, you got the, the, City Tour Detroit, you've got retail, you've got a book, you've got all things going. I love this. So um as we begin to wrap up here, uh, one quick question for you. So what's the future plan for City Tour Detroit? Can you sum that up, what you plan to do going forward?
1: So we do plan on adding a few more tours. We plan on adding our See the D walking tours. Mm -hmm. Typically, we offer it Wednesday through Sundays at one time. We're going to start to offer it two or three times. And we're going to start to, um, I've held off for a long time, but list on the online travel agencies like Viator Mm -hmm. to help fill up some of those tours. And, you
0: know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, but focus a lot on marketing. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, my very last question to you today, Karen, is: What's your one piece of advice to entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, hire out assistants early, like you know, a webmaster or a website designer or a bookkeeper. You know, the tasks that you don't enjoy or you're just not good at or take up take your time away from your creative purpose. Hire those out. And just another quick one, seek out experts, coaches in your field. You know, take workshops, attend conferences, and seek out any coaching sessions, but just be careful that it's in your field, um, that they're run by people who know what you're doing.
0: Well said. All right. Thank you so much, Karen Risco, owner and tour guide of City Tour Detroit, for being a guest today on the program. Thank you, Tara. It has been a pleasure. Absolutely. If you'd like more information about our program, please visit us at MichiganEntrepreneurTV.com. Please join me again in the future when I interview another enterprising entrepreneur. Until then, wishing you the best of business.